All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Monday, September 12th of 2022. It is the first Monday after uh, week one of the NFL season here, which means we are back doing the Max Challenge giveaways here, uh, just like we did last year. I know the Monday shows here have always been pretty popular during football season because we have these giveaways here. We will, of course, work our way into uh, the open Q&A segment of this show here in a bit, but we're going to get started doing those giveaways here. Uh, and since we have a lot to do, I don't want to waste too much time with it. So um, first things first, before we get started here, I just want to give a, a quick overview uh, for folks maybe joining in for the first time that have no idea what's going on. So uh, we ran this last year. We're running it again this year. Uh, it is a uh, giveaway. It is a, a contest, a, a raffle of sorts, where if you play the Minimax, wear the SaberSim logo, actually I should say Max the Minimax for the NFL Sunday Main Slate, wear the SaberSim logo uh, and register to play in this contest, you get the opportunity to win prizes, free SaberSim, uh, Yeti gear, um, all kinds of different stuff here. And all you have to do is, is basically play NFL DFS, which I, I know we are all doing every Sunday anyway. So um, quickly here, we'll go through. So we're doing a big extra special giveaway here for week one just to get uh, people excited for football season. So we've got a lot to uh, give away here. Um today. So we'll get into that in, in just a moment. Uh, weekly, on a weekly basis, though, what we'll do is one person will do a, 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 a spin of the wheel to do free entries for next week's Minimax. So it's $75 worth of tickets, which is pretty cool. Uh, the top finisher among people that entered will get a free month of SaberSim, a SaberSim t-shirt, and an entry to the end of season free roll that we run. So uh, it'll be a $5,000 pre- uh, It'll be a $5,000 prize pool in this free roll, uh, $1,000 first prize. Um, it's a, a, a pretty fun sweat here at the end of the season. Uh, we'll have, we should have, let's see. Um, I think last year we had like 40 or 50 people in it. It's it's the top finisher each week. And then also anybody that participates every week of the season gets access to. So I think uh, we had like 40 people last week. So a fun little contest to, to play for uh, $1,000 up top against just like 40 other uh, SaberSim users. Um, and then guaranteed prizes if you participate for 10 weeks or all 18 weeks. So um, anyway, again, all you need to do to participate in this. Uh, you need the SaberSim logo as your DraftKings avatar. That's easy. That's here on this uh, link. Um, you need to have made sure that you've registered. So if you register here, uh, it takes you to a quick form. Basically need your, your email address and your DraftKings username and your address to send you stuff. Um, and then you need to make sure that you've entered 150 lineups into the Minimax for the NFL Sunday main slate. Uh, this past week, there were three Minimaxes. I made sure to grab all three. Uh, it was a very busy week of week of football for week one. I think DraftKings uh, actually maybe even was a little bit surprised on how much interest there was for week one uh, because they filled the big main Minimax on like Saturday and then they opened another one that was like a third of the size of the first one, still 100,000 lineups. And that one filled uh, very early Saturday morning. And then another one uh, opened up right before lock on Sunday, uh, 24,000 lineups or something like that. And that filled as well. So I got all three. All you need to do is make sure that you have maxed um, at least one. So anyway, uh, without much further ado here, uh, our highest scorer of this past week uh, was UVAJ, uh, UVAJ. 
Uh, I assume it's UVAJ. It seems like University of Virginia J, maybe. I don't know. UVAJ, 234 points in the big main, uh, the big um, Minimax. So congratulations to UVAJ. If you are watching here, uh, we'll get an email to you over before the end of the show or before the end of the day today. Um, I'll get your free Sabersim added to your account. We'll get your t-shirt sent out to you and we'll get your name logged for the free roll. Um, so our first top scorer uh, of week one is UVAJ. Um, and what we'll do here next is we'll do the quick raffle of the free entries to next week's Minimax. So let me get the names pulled up here. And we are going to be back using our trusty uh, wheel of names that we had last year. Uh, those that participated last year, I think the wheel of names has become kind of iconic here for this uh, particular event. I know it's a little bit janky, but it uh, it. Uh, it was trusty for us last year. It worked just fine. So we'll use that again this year. Uh, we'll shuffle a couple times. Those that played last year, remember as well, um, I think we had 50 to 60, 70 people or so uh, each week last year for week one, 168 of you guys uh, entered and maxed out the mini max here this week, which is pretty amazing. Uh, pretty awesome. This is a much uh, more full wheel, a much denser wheel than it was uh, last year. Yeah. <laughs> Steve says, oh my God, so many entries. And Neil says, holy cow, that's a lot more names. Yeah. When I first pulled this up earlier today, uh, I had the same reaction. So really awesome. Uh, here, we'll click shuffle a couple more times here just to keep shuffling this up. I know last Last year, uh, people yelled at me. Not that I think it matters at all, uh, but I did get yelled at a couple times because I didn't shuffle the list. So we'll make sure we're going to shuffle. So first things first. So uh, again, this year, just one person will win the free entries for next week, but we have a ton more giveaways to do today. So um, what we'll do here uh, is go ahead and spin it. So this is for free tickets in next year's or next year's, probably not next year's, uh, next week's mini max here. And it is rough them up who participated here last year as well. A familiar name to me. Let me go ahead and get this one recorded here um, real quickly here. Just a second. Hold on. Let me get this name written down so I don't forget. I'm a little rusty. So be patient with me here. I haven't done this in a while. I was real. I was real smooth with this last year. I'd gotten all used to it here. Um, so. Rough them up. Uh, we'll get an email out to you before the end of the day. I did. We did talk to DraftKings and get this uh, a little bit more streamlined this year. So it should be a little bit more consistent with getting tickets out this week. So goal here would be that you can use those tickets to play your entries into week two uh, of the weekly max challenge there. So um, anyway, congratulations to rough them up. So now what we're going to do here is we're going to do all of our week uh, one giveaway stuff. So we're giving away five Saber Sim shirts. We have three sets of custom Yeti cups. Um, I think there's a link here. Yeah, we'll pull these up real quick just so you guys know what these look like. They're pretty slick. Um, so it's a set. So you'll get two of these, right? Let me see. Yeah, three three sets uh, of two of these cups. We're doing the white ones, and they'll have a Sabersim logo on it. So uh, pretty slick little Yeti cups there. Two Sabersim hoodies. Uh, one extra entry to that free roll at the end of the season. Um, a custom Yeti cooler. So this is also part of the play all, all 18 weeks prizes, but you get this early. Uh, it is a white Yeti hall cooler um, with a Sabersim uh, logo on that as well. So pretty slick, different than the one we did last year, if you got the one we did last year. Uh, and then I think probably the coolest prize, and at least maybe the prize that people are the, the most excited about that I've heard here, uh, is you will get a free year of Sabersim with early access to our new incoming pro plan. So you'll basically get 
beta access to the pro plan uh, as it is currently developed like right now, which includes the 5,000 lineups uh, feature. Um, and it is a beta. Um, and as we continue to build that out leading up to uh, a release, you'll continue to get those new features into your beta and then you'll get a year of it when it goes live to, to everybody else uh, for free. So uh, a really cool, really fun prize there. The way this is going to work. So these are in order of basically value. Uh, so what we'll do is I'm not going to remove anybody's name as we go along. So if you win the first shirt, uh, you're still eligible to win the prizes. If you win the shirt and then later you go down and get the cooler, you'll get the cooler instead. And then we'll come back at the end and raffle off more shirts. So you'll get the idea as we move forward here. Basically, we just didn't want anybody to, to win this shirt, which is still pretty cool. I got one on right here. It's a nice shirt, right? It's still a nice prize, but then feel like they didn't ever even get a chance to win the cooler or the pro plan or anything like that. So you're going to get a chance to win everything here. Um, anyway, let's go ahead and do this here. Um, Real quick, Patrick said, uh, what if I have a year membership already? Um, that is a good question. Um, I will circle back with Andy on that and see what we want to do there. I know some of you guys are on the annual plan. Uh, it's kind of a long way out to win the year. I will say on this one, though, it's not just a free year of SaberSim. It's a free year of SaberSim Pro, right? Like, that's it's, it's a kind of a big deal. It's it, the, the new Pro plan. We don't have all of the features like built or developed, but it, it comes with 5,000 lineups. Uh, it does. It also has, I will say where the pro plan is at right now, what you will basically get access to is 5,000, the ability to build 5,000 lineups. Uh, you'll get our new lineup percentiles, which are pretty cool. Uh, and we have an in-app projection aggregator. So if you aggregate projections or use projections from multiple sources, uh, it will aggregate them together for you in the app. So, and that's just what's built now. We have a lot more coming for that. Uh, so, Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and just actually start getting into drawing these out um, and go from here. So let me make sure. Okay. So this will be for uh, a Sabersim shirt. First shirt. Whoops. And I... It is uh, Adidas Man 1717. Let me go ahead and write this down. So congratulations. And we'll keep it going. Shirt number two. Doing five shirts. Uh, and it's S.T. Cohen here. St. Cohen, maybe? And for those, uh, I know that we we did just have a kind of a spin, two spins that ended up close together. Uh, the Wheel of Names does have uh, some documentation on uh, how their randomness actually works here. Uh, I know I had some uh, some healthy skepticism in the chat last year for those that are uh, a little uh, dubious about the the quality of the randomness here. I'd go and you can read for yourself how they do their randomness. It was pretty pretty interesting read. I checked that out earlier this morning here, um, but it does appear to be. Uh, a pretty random, a, a truly random spin here. So um, Will says it's quantum randomness or no deal. Uh, in the meantime, Belcaro J, Bel, Bel, Belcarage 618 uh, for our third Saber Sim shirt, who had a bit of a sweat in the mini max for the um, showdown game last night. I was watching along, uh, was, was in a 
first place there for a while with just like a very small chop. I think it was like four or five uh, lineups that were sharing first. So um, pretty good sweat there for for Belcaro and a new Sabersim shirt coming to you as well. Uh, shirt number four here. Oh, right on the edge. Ghost Spider. 74. And our last Saber Sim shirt here. Goes to Jojo Ba. Jojo Ba. So, uh, again, just, just to reiterate, now that we're actually doing this, you guys can see the examples. If Mr. Jojo Ba uh, happens to win one of the cups now, which is the next prize, he'll get the cups instead of the shirt, and then we'll come back all the way at the end and do another shirt raffle for his shirt. So, at max, everybody is going to win one prize, but you can win, you can keep winning, like, better and better prizes. They're not better and better, but uh, I guess more more dollar value prizes as we go along here. Um, so, uh, now for, uh, set one of the Yeti cups, the custom Saber Sim Yeti cups. Uh, is Jay Quillen? Quillen? Not sure how to pronounce that here. Uh, I got very good at pronouncing all of the names from our regular entrance into the weekly max challenge uh, last year, uh, but I'll have to get refamiliarized with um, some of these names this year. So if I mispronounce anybody's username, just let me know how it's supposed to give me like a nice phonetical pronunciation in the chat of how it's supposed to be pronounced. Uh, and we'll go ahead and get started on uh, cups prize number two here. And it is Remy Toes. Congratulations, Remy Toes. Whoops. There we go. And our last cups winner here is Mr. Huge Large. Congratulations, Huge Large. Actually, uh, one of my close friends in, in uh, I don't know, real life, I guess. This feels kind of like real life, but uh, I suppose real life is the right way. So congrats, Zach, on the new Yeti Cups there. And we'll move along to the hoodie. So we have not had a dupe yet. Uh, no dupes in the giveaways yet, but uh, a Saber Sim hoodie, which I, I used to have one in my office. I could have showed it here uh, just so you guys can see it, but I don't have the... Um, I don't have a, a hoodie here to show off, but uh, hoodie number one. Steve says that wheel ran, loves Remy Toes. Jody says this has a various close to MLB DFS. I wish I wish the odds of winning a MLB GPP was as good as these odds are. Uh, but anyway, CS Harrell or C maybe C Cheryl. See, it's hard. It's hard to know exactly with uh, without the pronunciation guides here. But CS Harrell or C Cheryl. Uh, congratulations on the Saber Sim hoodie, uh, on the, um, on the apparel, the hoodies and the shirts. Um, we have your guys's like 
um, addresses and, and shirt sizes and things like that. So that stuff should go out very quickly this week. Uh, real quickly, I should have mentioned this before we got started on the cups uh, and the um, cooler, since we are getting those custom made for everybody with the Sabersim logos on them. Uh, the lead time is a little bit longer on that. We've been told to expect to have those by the end of the year. Um, so it will take a little bit to get those out. I know um, people will be pretty excited to have those show up at their front door, but since we're getting those custom this year, it is going to take a little bit longer for the Yeti year. So um, anyway, let's get hoodie number two given away here. And so far, no dupes. I guess it's not, I guess that the most likely outcome is that we don't have any dupes given that we're giving away so many prizes or whatever. Oh, did I speak too soon? It, there we go. I spoke too soon. So it is Remy Toes getting upgraded from the Yeti cups to the hoodie. And we will clear out a cup. And uh, we'll come back to that here at the end. So next, we're going to go to the free roll. So free ticket. We're getting to some of the big ones here. Uh, free ticket to that $5,000 free roll at the end of the season. Uh, and let's do it. One winner this time for the free roll. Just one. And it is Jack Cross or J-E-C Cross. Steve in chat needs to go buy a lottery ticket because he did totally call uh, that Remy Toes is running running hot on the, the drawings here today. Uh, but uh, Jack Cross here, uh, congratulations on the free seat into the end of season free roll. Uh, now we will get here to uh, the cooler. So again, uh, this is a $400 cooler. Um, it's really nice. Uh, a, a Yeti hall cooler with the Sabersim logo, um, on it. Um, so pretty, pretty cool there. Um, and let's go ahead and spin it. Let it rip. Oh, right on the edge. It is Brian Farello. Congratulations, Brian. All right, cool. And here we are to the, I guess the big one. Seems like the big one to me. I think this is the one uh, that I would be the most excited about if I was in uh, the, the giveaway here. So again, this is a year. Uh, what what this is really is it is beta free. It is beta access to our upcoming pro plan, uh, and then a year of the pro plan once it releases out to everybody else. So uh, pretty cool prize there. Um, and let's go ahead and, and let it rip. Okay. <laughs> that <laughs> Ross snuck his way in here. Uh, for those that don't know, this is Sabersim Ross. I must've missed his name. I didn't see it in here. Um, that's kind of hilarious. Uh, they, they say Zabersim employees are not eligible for the prizes in the weekly max challenge. Uh, and Ross is a bit of a prankster here for registering. So um, Ross, um, we'll, uh, we'll figure out a, a fair, maybe a fair prize for you. Uh, but I'm going to remove Ross's name and we'll do another one here because that, uh, this is the, the giveaway is not, not for, for Sabersim employees here. Steve says, start the whole thing over. Yeah, it is all, I guess it is all invalid now. Um, anyway. Okay, well, Belcaro is also running hot here. So Belcaro uh, 
J617 is our winner of the pro plan, and he had won another prize here um, as well. He had won a shirt. So we'll upgrade uh, Belcaro from the shirt to a year access of the new pro plan. Uh, And what will we have two more to do here? We'll redraw uh, for another shirt um, and uh, another set of cups. Um, So let's do it. All right, Mike Face Killa wins a shirt. Congratulations, Mike Face. And the last one here, one more set of the custom Yeti cups. Is Jorn Vigo. Maybe Jorn Vigo. Who knows? A lot of ways to pronounce these names, but congratulations uh, to Jorn or Jorn Vigo uh, on the Yeti Cup. So again, um, what we will do here is I will get emails out to everybody. I know uh, many of you are able to make this stream live. Uh, many more of you uh, are are not able to watch live. So in ca- for, for those that uh, missed it here, we'll get emails out to everybody before the end of the day, letting you know. Uh, that you got your that you won something here. Uh, when to expect your prizes uh, showing up uh, either digitally or at your uh, at your doorstep. And then again, we'll be right back here uh, next week for week two, um, where we will do another random winner. We'll get free mini max tickets for next week, um, and then the top finisher each week here um, will get the the free month of Saber Sim Advanced uh, a t shirt and um, an entry to the end of season free roll there. So a couple final reminders here before we transition into just office hours, questions and things like that. Remember, there are guaranteed prizes in this. Um, I know every year there are some people that complain that uh, they ran really bad in the drawings and I get it. Uh, I know how it goes, Um, but there are free 10 weeks. You get a free month of SaberSim and you get the cups, right? Um, And if you play for all 18 weeks, so you're one week down, play for all 18 weeks, you get the cooler right? The $400 cooler. You also get the cups, right? Obviously that's captured in the 10 weeks. Uh, you get free, uh, Saber Sim advanced and, um, you get an entry to that free will. So, uh, pretty cool giveaway thing. Uh, don't really know anybody else that is doing something like this in the industry. Um, just, just an awesome thing overall. So, um, anyway, that is it for the max challenge for today. Um, we'll go ahead here and slowly transition into, uh, office hours into uh, the, the normal, your normally scheduled program here. Um, so for those that are maybe watching for the first time, I know football season, we always have some first time office hours watchers. Uh, on this show, I answer questions from the SaberSim community about how to use our tools to build better DFS lineups. So uh, if you have questions that you would like to ask me, you can ask them live in uh in YouTube chat um, or in our Discord, our new Discord channel. Uh, and if you catch the recording or the podcast version of the show, you can email us a question that you'd like me to answer uh, at support at sabersim.com and I will get to it on the very next stream. So we have a lot of questions, as you can imagine, following up uh, from week one of NFL here. Uh, so we'll go ahead and just start knocking these out in about the order uh, that they come in. Um, real quickly, just want to make sure I didn't miss any questions here. Um, in chat about the max challenge or anything like that, that I already missed. Um, so let me see here. 
Um, Jason did say same giveaways every week. So uh, the ones we just did, like all of this stuff, this was basically just for week one. So this will only, that that's only week one. Um, big, did the same thing last year where we had some big, like extra special week one prizes, but this stuff is week one only. Uh, the every week prizes that we'll do is we'll do one random entrant every week uh, for free tickets to next week's. And then the top finisher each week We'll get the free Saber Sim, uh, a T-shirt, and an and an entry to the end of season free roll. So um, going forward, like next week, we'll do we'll just do one wheel spin, uh, and then to do the top finisher each week. I also didn't mention, you know, if you take it down, if you win the mini max, uh, which happened twice last year within this challenge, we had two people ship uh, the mini max as a part of the, the, the max challenge, you'll get a free year of Saber Sim. Uh, you get a dedicated spot in the winner's circle. Um, and I think probably the coolest thing is this custom championship belt, which looks kind of like this. So um, it says the max challenge first of however many. It says your username, the week you won. Uh, and then you can't really see it too well here, but this green ring around the Saber Sim logo on the side is actually your lineup which I think is just like the coolest thing ever. So, you know, who you actually played in each roster spot. So um, Cody Canop, Canopticopter won this once last year. And then I think, oh God, I, I, I'm forgetting the other person just because I don't have the name right in front of me right now. Um, and I don't want to say the wrong name, um, but we had two winners last year. Uh, one was right at the, one was pretty, this was week 11 and one I think was like the last week of the season or something like that. Um, if you won that second time, if you are our second winner, I think they won like week 17 or 18. Let me know. And I apologize. I forgot your name if you're watching along and you're in chat right now. Um, anyway, let's go ahead and start answering some questions. So again, I mentioned it before. Um, there's been a ton of questions that have come in over the weekend here. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to just try to get us caught up with the very first question I can see uh, in the queue. So, um, okay. So this was from Bill. Um, and, uh, I said, uh, my first question for NFL this year on 200 plus lineups, what are reasonable amounts of the QB running back wide receiver tight end in the pool? I'm not looking for specifics, but more so of like what ranges would be considered a tight pool versus very diverse. Yeah. You know, so Bill, I saw this question come in this weekend and then I was thinking about it most of the morning today, uh, and, and, and last night, and I don't really have a good answer for you because I don't really think there is necessarily an answer to this question. Um, I don't know if there's, there's not a number that kind of jumps out to me of, you know, 10 quarterbacks is, is a tight pool versus, you know, 20 quarterbacks is diverse. And same thing at the running backs. I think also some of this is going to depend a lot on slates. There are going to be slates this year where, you know, I, th I think this slate was pretty interesting where we had like these one, two, three, four, five, actually really one, two, three, four games on a 13 game slate. That was where a lot of the higher totals were. Uh, there will be slates this year where there is one game with a spectacularly high total and everything else is low. There will be slates where uh, there are many games with 55, 50 plus 55 point total. Uh, there will be slates where there are no games with high totals. Like it really depends on a lot. Um, I would say, you know, as a general like principle, right? As a general kind of rule of thumb that you could use to kind of ground some of this to a number is that the ownership of a player is is roughly going to approximate the the like market's overall stance on that guy right uh it's not necessarily a super efficient market but if christian mccaffrey is coming in at, at 30 percent owned um the uh 
that the market has kind of decided that that's what is efficient for him in in lineups that week. I would say if you look overall, if you are closer to ownership on players, uh, or if you are like, if you are if you are generally closer to that efficient ownership, or even under that on like most players in the pool, you're probably going to have a pretty diversified portfolio. Not to say that's necessarily a good thing, right? But you're you're basically spreading out at least to like market efficiency there and maybe even more, the more that you are taking stands, the, the further you are away uh, from the actual like market price in terms of ownership from different players, uh, the more concentrated you're going to be, right? Um, so you can kind of see here, um, this right off the bat, I would say for this slate, if you had just taken the default projections, and this actually probably worked out pretty good, is, is pretty obviously a pretty tight pool of quarterbacks for this slate, right? We are going, uh, we are basically five X what the field has determined is like the market price on Mahomes, uh, And then, you know, approximately like equal to the market on a few of these guys and then under on like every other quarterback in the field. Right. So that's where we're, we're generally pretty concentrated here at quarterback. That doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to be concentrated at every position, right? We might be more diversified at, uh, right, running back or wide receiver or tight end or something like that. But I think comparing to ownership is a better metric of how diversified am I, right? Um, or basically, the a, another way of thinking about this is how high how high is the absolute value of your your highest leverage players, right? So when I say absolute value, I mean both the negative and the positive, right? This will kind of to let you know about how concentrated you are relative to the field. The lower the absolute value of these numbers, the more diversified you're going to be, the higher, the more concentrated you're going to be. And uh, that's that's really just descriptive. That's not really prescriptive. I think from there, a lot of that is your own personal risk tolerance, right? Um, but that is how I would at least start to think about this. But I would definitely not, I you know, sometimes I'll get questions occasionally that are like, hey, how many quarterbacks should I have in my pool for 150 lineups? And I, I think that's not, the healthiest way to look at it because it's missing so much of that slate context. Um, and you're just kind of finding a heuristic and, and going all in on it. So anyway, let's go ahead. Let's keep it going. Um, and a question from uh, Jorn Vigo himself, who was one of our winners here in the, the giveaways uh, and said, can you go over the differences if any, when editing projections in the post build versus setting min max exposures? Yeah. So there is a difference. So what, what happens here? So if we set minimum, if we set um, max exposures and we take Travis Kelsey and say, Hey, for example, that we want it to be more diversified there and cap that at 50%, what it's going to do is it's going to look through our pool of 500 lineups and find the best 150 lineups in which Travis Kelsey appear in no more than 50%, 75 total. Uh, and what this does is like actually literally how this works is we will just add it. We will add lineups. We will add the highest Sabre score lineups to the pool until this interferes. Um, so you'll see like most of those top lineups are actually all going to have Travis Kelsey because it's putting in all of the top best lineups possible. And then as soon as it can no longer put Travis Kelsey in, uh, it will stop it will, the next lineup will be the best overall, not Travis Kelsey lineup that you could put into the pool. Um, what happens when you edit projections instead is we will adjust basically the, the, the SIM outputs themselves to match that. So if we adjust it instead, if we said, we're going to drop Kelsey down three fantasy points, right? Oops. That's can't believe I did that. That's all right. Press the wrong button there. Let these lineups load back up. 
I fat I fat fingered the uh, the GPP the old build up here. Um, okay, let's change this again. So if we change Travis Kelsey instead to fifteen point five nine. What this is instead going to do, you see it had a similar effect on the exposures, right? It drops us down to 54. But what it's doing instead is it's taking the SIM output of every of, of the SIMs that were used to build each lineup, and it's reducing Travis Kelsey's fantasy point production in the SIMs that were used to build that lineup by the same difference as we're making on the average here. So we adjusted his average projection down from 18.59 to 15.59, minus three points. What, what is happening on the lineup side is it's going in. So there's a... There's a set of sims that is associated with this lineup, right? There's a set of sims that were used to build this lineup. In those sims, Travis Kelsey's score is now reduced by three points, and the Sabre score and overall lineup ranking is adjusted. So this is basically saying, well, if all of a sudden Travis Kelsey scores less points in those sims, we should only have him in 54% of our lineups in our top 150. Now, keep in mind, the lineups have already been built. So this is actually even different than adjusting the player projection on the projections tab. Because when you adjust it on the projections tab, that becomes an input to your lineups, right? You are adjusting that on the front side, then building your lineups, and then SaberSim grades them, right? So then this is this is basically adjusting the projection here, which affects the resorting. And you can also change the maximum exposure. Now, I know the next question is always, okay, great. I think I get what's going on here. Now, which one's best? There really isn't one that's better than the other. It kind of depends on what your overall purpose or what your goal is. If your goal is to reach a certain amount of exposure to a particular player, it's, you're probably going to find it is easier to get there by just setting the exposure to what you want, Right. Like if you know you want exactly 50% Kelsey, I wouldn't, I don't think it's a good use of your time to try to figure out what exposure or what projection you have to set Kelsey to, to get to 50% exposure. You can just set it. But if you think, you know, on the flip side, if you're looking at this and you think, Hey, uh, 80% um, or whatever it was, 80% Kelsey is a little bit high. And instead I want to get to 50%, then maybe you adjust the player projection until you get down like actually, sorry, if you think, you know, 80% project, 80% exposure is high to this guy. I don't really care what I end up with, but that seems a little high. Then maybe you just adjust the projection down. So not one is not better than the other. It just depends on what you're trying to do there. So uh, question from Mr. Rogue three, actually two questions. Um, Let's see. Uh, can you revisit this past NFL slate like we did for MLB pre previously and see how one might have approached it? Uh, if not, no biggie, uh, but couldn't hurt to ask. Um, and then can you go over NFL stacking in general at a high level? Uh, I feel somewhat lost since there are so many different variations. They aren't straightforward uh, as MLB XYZ. Thanks. Yeah. So uh, Rogue, what I'm going to do, let's start with your stacking question. Um, Cause I think there's a more concise answer that I can kind of give to that overall. Uh, and then we will come back. If we have time at the end of the stream today, we'll come back to a, a slate review. Uh, I tend to, uh, go on tangents and and go on rants and things like that when we're just kind of in general just looking at a past slate. Um, so I want to we'll, we'll do the stacking question first. Then I'm going to go through and answer everybody else's questions that I already have in front of me. And if we still have time at the end of the the stream here today, we'll review the NFL slate from yesterday. If we don't, we'll do it. I'm sure at some point here tomorrow or or Wednesday or something like that. So let's let's do the stacking first. I know this has confused people a little bit here, especially those new to NFL. So uh, you can see your stacks on the side here, just like you can for other uh, sports. Um, here's how this works. So 
There are kind of two types of stacks that we will lay out in your stack types. There are QB stacks uh, that we typically call also primary stacks. And then there are also secondary stacks. These are not mutually exclusive. So that is one thing that is different. Uh, a QB stack is mutually exclusive, right? What I'm saying when I say that is uh, you can't have both a QB plus two with one run back and a QB plus three with one run back, right? It is either one or the other. But a lineup can have a primary stack and a secondary stack. Right. So just just so you're kind of aware, that's that's how we we've kind of laid these out. Um, what you're seeing here, if you look at the QB plus two one, for example, is it saying the QB plus two positively correlated players on his same team. Right. And one player on the opposing team. Right. And these are generally going to be the strongest correlations in NFL. If we look at this, we see Patrick Mahomes kind of leads the correlations of this lineup. We can see he is. So it's Michael Hardman, Travis Kelsey and Marquise Brown. Right. He is. Uh, very correlated to Travis Kelsey, 0.39. That's a very strong correlation. A strong correlation as well to Nicole Hardman, 0.28. And then Marquise Brown also has a 0.09 correlation. Uh, basically, the this is a good example because almost the exact game script we got on yesterday for this game is why these players are correlated, right? Mahomes, obviously, you know, throwing touchdowns, throwing completions to Kelsey and Hardman, that there's an obvious correlation there. Uh, but then Marquise Brown ends up a little bit correlated to Patrick Mahomes as well, because if Mahomes goes out and throws four touchdowns and the Cardinals have to play really fast and throw the ball a lot to try to catch up, it's good for guys like Marquise Brown. So these are the strongest correlations in NFL. Um, I would say almost all of your lineups built with SaberSim are going to have a primary stack of a QB plus some pass catchers uh, on his team and occasionally pass catchers on the opposing team. Right. The secondary part of that, that run back, as people call it on the opposing team, those correlations are lighter. Right. Like we can also look at somebody like Justin Herbert, who is going to have um, you can see his correlations very strong to Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Gerald Everett, Josh Palmer, Austin Eckler, like all of these guys. And then some softer correlations to guys like Renfro, uh, Waller, um, Devontae Adams, et cetera. But not every lineup is always going to have that run back. So. That's kind of what the primary stack looks like. Now, these secondary stacks are basically between non-quarterback players, and there can be some soft correlations in these kinds of lineups as well. Um, so a couple of these, let's see this one here and see if we can dig out where the correlation is. Um, I feel like I'm blind here. Secondary 1-1, one, one, where is it in this lineup? Uh, am I crazy? I don't see a secondary correlation in that lineup. Um, here's, I mean, here's one. So Najee and T Higgins, um, man, I feel like I'm just blind on this one. Oh, I'm dumb. Yeah, I am blind. Damian Pierce and Michael Pitton are, are, are correlated here. Anyway, it can be a little bit hard to see these. We're, we're, we're going to, our goal is to clean this up and just make these a little bit more obvious. Um, but basically these are like, there can be these, these soft correlations between opposing team players, just because when one team is scoring, it puts pressure on the other team to continue to put up points. I think the, the most classic example of these when they show up is wide receiver plus opposing team wide receiver, but that's not the only way it can go, right? If we look at a guy like Michael Pittman, right? and see what his correlations look like. He has a light correlation to Damian Pierce, right? Again, you know, you imagine a game script where the Texans end up doing really well. Maybe Damian Pierce gets it. I know he wasn't even really involved in the offense, but maybe he's got it going on the ground. Uh, and because 
he scores early, then the, the Colts have to, to, to throw more, right? So these secondary correlations, they're going to be a lot lighter. They're not going to show up in your lineups or they're not going to be forced into your lineups as frequently. Um, but that is what those are. So secondary 1-1 are like opposing team correlations that show up just because, you know, as one team is scoring, it's putting pressure on the other team to keep scoring. Um, it is typically, I would say it almost always includes at least one wide receiver. You'll actually see that uh, opposing team, uh, this is actually an interesting one because you have Henry and Barkley in the same lineup here. Um, but opposing team running backs actually generally have a, a very soft um, negative correlation, not a very strong one, but like a, a, a weak negative correlation here. Um, so interesting that those two guys got paired together in this lineup. Just keep in mind that those, those negative correlations are pretty low. They're not that what, what probably happened here is both of these players did so well in the Sims used to build this lineup that it outweighed the negative correlation there. Uh, but typically for these one ones, you'll have at least one wide receiver involved there, or at least maybe a tight end, some, a, a pass catcher, right? Somebody that benefits when a team has to play faster. Um, then let's go through. And the one other secondary correlation that you'll see is the secondary two, right? So this can kind of go, there's kind of two different ways this can go. Um, the first is, um, so the first is just two players on the same team, right? So you might have Najee Harris and George Pickens or something like that in this particular lineup. Typically two non quarterback players playing on the same team are going to be slightly negatively correlated, right? Um, let's see, Najee Harris, George Pickens. Yeah, so a very, very small negative correlation here. Uh, and the reason for that is there's only so many touchdowns out there, right? When you start to think about a player hitting their like elite ceiling outcome, Najee Harris scores three touchdowns. Well, how many touchdowns are left now for George Pickens, right? It is not a strong correlation. It is a very weak negative correlation, but it is a negative correlation. Uh, sometimes there are also some positive correlations that can show up in the secondary two, two, actually, no, I don't think there are the way we've, dis the way we've set this up. Um, so, uh, yeah, so this is actually a stack type that potentially some players might want to remove because there is a negative correlation here, right? You're pairing Aaron Jones and Randall Cobb, who again, probably have a very light negative correlation, right? So negative 0.07. Now you don't, I don't want to give anybody the impression that what I'm saying is go and remove all of these correlations from your builds because they are, they are light correlations, right? These are not strong correlations. They are, they're, they're pretty small, right? And they are already captured in the Sims. So when you're getting two players that have that light negative correlation together, because they play on the same team, what's really what the builder is saying is that, yes, we understand that those two players are, wait, let me highlight this again. The builder understands, yes, these two players have a light negative average correlation, but in this set of Sims that was used to build this lineup, they were both successful. So keep that in mind. But anyway, as kind of a quick summary, you have your primary stack, right? That's your QB plus two players on, or plus some amount of players on that, on the QB's team. And then maybe along with that, some players on the opposing team. Then there's also secondary stacks. Uh, the secondary stacks that feature, um, you know, a, one, one, or even a two, one in this case is like a kind of a, the game blows out and you want to get some of those extra players in your lineup. Uh, and then the secondary two stacks are saying, you know, this actually might be one to look for that, that you could potentially want to reduce because those players might actually have a slight negative correlation. So, uh, I definitely recommend if you're ever unsure, just click through, um, 
like I, I think like just if you're ever unsure about what a what the correlations are, like what a stack is referring to, just look at the player and actually see what those correlations look like there. So uh, Neil says, occasionally I'll see really weird naked QB lineups, pocket passers like Burrow, for example. Would you recommend Xing out weird lineups like that? It's weird to me that they show up at all. Yeah, there are like occasional. So like here we have, you know, one in our pool, we have one QB plus zero with a, uh, with no player on the other side, right? And it's, you'll see here, it's somewhat of a lower saber score lineup, but this is like a Jameis, a Jameis lineup that has Kyle Pitts and no, um, no saints, right? I, I typically scratch these out. I typically don't play these. A lot of times they'll, they'll actually, you won't get a lot of these lineups in your pool anyway, because they're going to be lower saber score, right? I mean, we have one in our pool here and it has a pretty low saber score, but I typically want to make sure I'm, I'm pairing my quarterback with at least oh, what happened here. It's weird. Um, with at least one pass catcher every time. Um, similarly, right. We have a couple QB plus four builds in here, right? Patrick Mahomes is probably like, you know, the Chiefs is probably the best case scenario for why a QB plus four lineup could potentially work. We like kind of saw it this weekend anyway. Um, Justin Herbert is like another example of a quarterback that could probably make that kind of build work. But I feel like you're asking a lot for those particular lineups. So I also generally get rid of my QB plus fours. I generally get rid of anything bigger than QB plus four or smaller than a QB plus one. Um, and yeah, Neil says, I'll just make a stack and rule. That is actually what I do. I, so I don't, I don't actually get, I, I don't really get these in my pool because I'm eliminating them. Um, we actually have a QB plus five here in the pool here. Uh, Justin Herbert five stack, which like to me is probably not a lineup that I would want to play just because you're, you're counting on like the thinking about it in terms of correlations again, right? Yes. All of these players are correlated to Justin Herbert, which is great, but they are negatively correlated to one another. So you're kind of adding negative correlations. You're starting to get diminishing returns as you add this many players into the lineup. So, okay, let's keep it going. Um, Chuck has a question and says, uh, I've been using pool exposure to guide my max exposure. Uh, I would go through each position and start by the highest pool exposure and make sure no player exceeds this position percentage thoughts on this approach as a way to minimize risk. I'm generally unopinionated on the types of stacks that I want. Um, so uh, yeah, I think that, uh, I think that can work. Um, I've done that quite a bit in the past for me as well. Um, I would say just keep in mind, remember that the, the pool exposure, as you're seeing it here, remember that this is a heuristic, right? That is, it is not a law. I actually ended up talking to Andy a lot about this this past week um, because I do do quite a bit of this. I will use the pool exposure to influence how much exposure I want to a player. And we went back and forth on the value of this particular thing. Um, and I think that there, that it is value. I think it can be valuable as a heuristic of a way to, to diversify, to, to minimize, to, to lower your risk, uh, if that's what you want to do, but it is not necessarily like a scientific number of how much exposure is, is a good amount to have to that player. Right. So just keep that in mind, but yes, I think in general, I think that's a decent approach to figure out a way to diversify. Um, so, um, yeah, so I'll leave it at that. Um, 
Okay. Zen Tiger here. And I see some questions coming in in YouTube chat here as well. We'll get to those here in just a second. Uh, said, what's the best way for grouping per se, a wide receiver with his quarterback from the same team, for example, will fall under basic stacks or groups under rules. So I typically, and I see another question here, Matt says, uh, would a good advanced stacking setup be QB equals one running back wide receiver to tight end equals zero to three. Um, and then allow zero to one for a run back. So that is basically exactly what I would do. So I'm going to answer both of these questions here. Um, and actually I see a bunch of questions about stacking rules. So here's what I'll do. I will just tell you guys exactly how I set up my, my stacking rules for a given slate. So what I do is I will always say QB, um, Matt, to your point here, I don't do zero to three. I do one to three because I always want even, even a rushing quarterback like Hertz. If he is going to have a ceiling game, I, I believe that some pass catcher is also going to have a ceiling, right? Like it doesn't necessarily mean that AJ Brown and Dallas Goddard are both going off, but one of those guys is going to go off or Devontae Smith or something like that. Or same thing with Lamar Jackson, right? Like Lamar Jackson can get a ton of points up on the ground, but if he hits his true ceiling, I feel like Mark Andrews or Rashad Bateman or somebody is also going off. Uh, so I typically do this. I am leaving this as a range from one to three, and I'm leaving this as an optionality between running back wide receiver or tight end, because that's the part that the correlation slider is going to help for me, right? I don't need to, this is a really healthy way to, and I think a really important way to think about Sabersim is you can add value by doing stuff like this, but you don't need to do everything that you would need to do on another tool because Sabersim still gets what quarterbacks have three pass catcher upside, what quarterbacks have one pass catcher upside and in what offenses are tight ends and running backs incorporated heavily. So I don't, that's typically how I set that up there. And then on the run backs, um, I also typically will say, um, actually what I will generally do is less than or equal to one player on the opposing side is typically what I set up here. And again, it's like the idea that I, I actually think Two is somewhat justifiable here, but I think in general, I, I generally want to just run it back with one player um, and to avoid having those negative correlations between opposing team running backs. I will set this rule as only a running or wide receiver or tight end on the opposing side. And this will basically just build me only QB plus ones, QB plus twos, QB plus threes, and all of those same versions of the stacks with one player run back on the other side. But I will let the correlation slider kind of determine more from there what I get. And this is kind of my, there is some slate dependence and, and slate context that comes into play here, but this is generally my like go-to stack type for uh, NFL. So, um, okay. Uh, uh, where did I, I lost my, okay. Um, bionic knee said that I got, okay. It's looks like, um, I was able to answer your question here. Um, okay. So it looks like I was able to get to bionic knee question. He also said it would be beneficial to somehow highlight the secondary stacks for a bit easier review. Uh, yeah, we, we are going to make this easier to see and read and work with. Um, mostly what we just wanted to do is get, give people some way to see this before week one, because people have been asking for this forever. So we wanted to like just give some ability to see what those secondary stacks were in your stack exposures. Um, but our plan is to make this visually way easier to read because we know it's a little bit hard. Like even just now I got confused, right? I couldn't find the secondary stack in the lineup. So, um, okay. Uh, Shoney has a couple questions here. Uh, question about best practices. 
Uh, say I've made a lot of adjustments for an evening slate many hours prior due to my job. Then I have 30 minutes before lock to take care of injuries and such. Is it best to use the quick swap feature, uh, do a late swap or run a new build and send my custom exposures to the projections tab using the new feature? The last one is the best practice. Um, the reason why is because you want to allow the builder to build new lineups with the updated information, right? If you're using an old build and... Well, let's actually just go through the list here. If you're using an old build and just quick swapping it or just refreshing the projections, you're still just using old lineups. Those lineups are not built with the most up-to-date information. So they're not as good as they could be. Uh, if you do a late swap, that's probably better than just quick swapping or refreshing an old build. But each lineup is only going to get rebuilt one time. So you kind of have just one shot at making those lineups as good as possible. Uh, when you run a new build, right, for example, in this one, you build 500 lineups and pick the best 150 out of it. And all 500 are with the most up-to-date information. So that's definitely the best option. If you've put a ton of work into a given build to set your exposures and get everything dialed in the way you want, you don't want to lose that. Do exactly what you just said here. Send your exposures or projections back to the home screen and then go back to the home screen and rebuild from there. And it'll use those exposures that you worked really hard to set up. But that is the best way to do that. Um, okay. Uh, another question from Chuck here, um, said, um, is the portfolio optimizer going to be implemented? Another way I've been introducing more diversity in my lineup set is by expanding the number of lineups viewed so that I lose at most five saver score and then filling unique using unique random. Uh, I'm essentially, I'm running a 100 to 1500 build for just 20 entries for the purpose of introducing more diversity. Interesting. Um, okay. Oh, let me, let me, so yes, we are at it. I think what we're actually calling it is a I, portfolio optimizer is an interesting name. I think what we're calling it is a lineup diversifier or a portfolio diversifier. It is something we're working on building. Um, it is most likely going to be a part of that new pro plan. Um, we're very excited to get that out. Um, in terms of diversification for now, I, I think like Something I can't really say why, like, I, I don't, I, I'm not sure why, but this feels weird to me. Um, I think, I think, I think one problem I have with this, not to say that this is bad. I, I, I think like if it's, I mean, if the lineups are in your pool already, it's probably unlikely that they're just straight up terrible lineups, but you are almost like, you would still probably want to spend a bit of time verifying like if you're playing, you know, 20 lineups or something like that, I feel like it's a good idea to kind of know what those lineups are and like at least have given yourself a chance to review them and make sure that you like them. When you just build 100 and then when you're building or if you're if you choose 100 and then randomly pick 20 to enter into your contests, you're almost creating more work for yourself than you need because you're then having to go through and do that process and make sure that all 100 lineups are good only to play 20 of them. And I don't know that like app just seems like a little bit time inefficient there um, to me. So I, I would probably say, I think, I, I think you would be better off just sticking to the actual number of lineups you need. And instead, you know, leaning on some of the other tools that you have at your disposal to diversify right now, which would be adjusting exposures, adjusting player projections, uh, potentially even considering increasing sim precision or raising your min uniques. There are a lot of diversifying tools in SaberSim already that I think are better than 
just playing with a very large pool or just playing with a big lineup set and letting the chips fall where they may. So, yeah. I, I don't think it's this is bad necessarily, but I feel like it, it maybe is just taking up some time for you. So, um, okay. BBQ Nut said... Um, hi, Jordan. Could you please explain how to use, like, utilize the min-max feature setting when building lineups? Um, so there's a couple different min-maxes that are out there. Um, the first would be the for exposures, right? Um, we actually recently added... Um, you can now basically set any exposures to virtually like almost anything pre-build. Um, so you can set player exposures, right? If you know that you want... Uh, you know, I don't know, minimum 25% Mahomes, you can set that before the build and we'll make sure that 25% of your lineups have Mahomes. Um, you also have the ability to do this on a team stacks, game stacks, stack types level. So you can set player exposures, it's team stack, like all of this stuff, the same stuff you can do post build um, before the build if you want to. I would say in terms of how to use this, the, the where I would recommend doing this is after you have run an initial build, if you find that you aren't getting the lineups that you want without doing this, right? So you run your first build and maybe you had kind of already researched the slate and you've decided what teams you want to stack and what stack types you want to use. And you're, you're running into trouble getting to that in, in your actual build. And maybe you're even seeing the message saying, Hey, we can't reach your requested exposures. Send that information back to the home screen. Right. Um, Andy has a really good video on this called crush crush NFL DFS this season with SaberSim, where he kind of talks a lot about this, where run your build, make the adjustments you want to make. If you find that you're not getting the lineups you like, then send that information back to the projections tab and run another build where that's that stuff is used as an input, right? Um, that's how I would probably use most of those team stack exposures and things like that uh, in the projections tab. Um, my Firefox crashed on me here. Um, let me get this pulled back up. So that's probably how I would use most of that stuff, right? I wouldn't sweat. I wouldn't sweat using it and putting numbers in there until you have to, basically. Once once you've run a build and found that you're not getting the exposure to things like that you like there. Um, if you're talking about the min and max ownership, that was the one other thing that came to mind, um, is this new min max ownership setting. Um, so we just added this, you now have the ability to set minimum lineup ownership, sum or maximum lineup ownership, sum before the build and all of your lineups will be within there. Um, that is another one where I would say, if you are opinionated about what you want your min or max ownership to be before the build, then put it in there so that you have a pool that is more what you're trying to do. I don't think you need to do that. Frankly, I find that just using ownership fade and letting the sliders kind of build you strong lineups to begin with. You get lineups that have the right kinds of ownership anyway. I know there is a ETR article um, about like winning the Millie Maker, like uh, lineup characteristics that frequently win the Millie Maker. And I think the heuristic that they give in that article is 75% to 125% total lineup ownership. First of all, I, I don't necessarily think the approach in the article is very scientific there, but also you typically are going to get lineups on SaberSim built in that range anyway without setting that rule just because that's basically what the ownership fade slider and Sim Precision slider are working to do for you 
in a way that's just not hard coded, right? Like you don't, you often don't need to set a max total lineup ownership or a min total lineup ownership on Saberson because your lineups are already well balanced relative to ownership to begin with. So anyway, short answer is I don't, I don't use this. It's not a part of my process yet. It's mostly here because people asked for it and it was very easy for us to add. Um, so I don't really have like a prescriptive, you should be using this to do this. I would instead say, if you have a desire to use this, set it to what you feel like is appropriate in terms of your max overall ownership. But remember that that Saberson handles a lot of that ownership stuff for you. Um, so, all right. Uh, really good question from Tavi Targaryen here. Um, and then we'll hop over to YouTube chat. Thank you everybody for being patient here um, while we work through these. Uh, this is a good one. Um, okay. I'm going to just, this, this, this came through really weird here. Um, so I'm going to just read this here. Actually, I'm going to just read this aloud uh, and um, then answer it because the streaming software totally botched the copy and paste there. Uh, so the question says, for the purpose of NFL showdown with a 0010 build, so I guess any showdown or MMA, let me go ahead and get showdown building here real quick before we dive deep into this one. Um, what exactly is Saber score being based on without the correlation and ownership adjustments being made? I know it's been mentioned in the past that if a lineup shows up as optimal in more than one simulation, uh, it will get a Saber score boost. And that certainly seems valuable. Uh, vaguely think I remember it being said that Saber score would then consider the actual line score of the lineup in the sim that considered it. If that is the case, I fail to see how that's valuable information. It would more or less just rank shootout lineups with higher raw scores from a simulation above an average game scenario, which would which in turn would be above a low scoring slash offensive struggle scenario. However, uh, if they are each a lineup optimal for a particular game scenario, this sorting is basically just arbitrary. It doesn't really imply a higher chance of a winning lineup. Uh, just what types, oops, um, just what type of actual game scenario plays out. So yes, you are right. So we've, we've streamlined basically. So we picked up on the exact same bias, right? Because we were, because an input to Sabre score for showdowns for 0010 builds was how high that lineup scored in just raw points. We overly valued high scoring Sims basically. Um, so what it does now is again, it does sort through and it identifies uh, lineups that are appearing as optimal for more than one Sim. Those lineups get a Sabre score boost. Uh, and now instead of just looking at lineups um, across um now, instead of just looking at how many points that lineup scored in the sim that was used to make it, it looks at that lineup scoring upside in every sim, and the Sabre score gets an additional boost based on how high that lineup's scores in the top one percentile of its sims, right? So I think I'm explaining that correctly. So basically, the goal of that was to reduce the impact of a single very high-scoring sim and more see like how well across the full range of outcomes of a game, how frequently does this lineup score highly? And the way that's supposed to kind of come together is basically you are looking at one lineups that frequently are optimal. Uh, and then as almost kind of the next level there that are lineups generally scoring highly across the full range of outcomes of that game. That is how the Sabre score is now calculated, right? To, to basically quantify EV, right? Like most of the EV for showdown is in the top 
position, which is most likely going to be the optimal. But from there, your EV can be maximized by picking lineups that are also going to score like highly, basically. So um, anyway, but yes, that bias was, was a problem before. Um, and there's probably old content on the YouTube channel that still talks about that. Um, so you may have watched an old video where I mentioned that, but. Uh, okay. Question from Ed, 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 Ed will, uh, stacking question. There are certain wide receivers. I only want in lineups. If they're part of a stack, is there a way to do that in the rule section? Uh, not at the moment is the short answer. Um, what you're describing is a conditional rule basically. So if, um, I don't know. If Adam Thielen is in the lineup, then Kirk Cousins must be in the lineup or something like that, right? Conditional rule. Uh, we are going to be adding that in the very next update to that rules dashboard, um, along with a lot of other very cool rules to do a similar thing. Um, at the moment, the, the short answer is there's just not a very good way of doing that quickly. Um, one thing that you can do, I'll show you like one, if you have kind of a short list of wide receivers for whom this is the case, uh, you can do... Um, you can kind of work around this with our filters, which is pretty cool. So, um, let's say that let's find some random wide receiver. Um, actually let's just use the Thielen example, right? So we can basically, we can pick lineups that have Thielen and filter basically and say, lineups that do have Thielen and then go find Kirk Cousins and basically say, what lineups do, do not have Kirk Cousins? And we'll find that there are three lineups in our lineup in our 150 and 21 in our time, full set of 500 that are like this. And we can trash those and basically say, get rid of all Adam Thielen that does not have Kirk Cousins. And now refill back up to 150. And then you will have what you are looking for here. Now, the more you do this, the more lineups you're going to be trashing and the, the more you're going to kind of have to do this, right? Uh, or the, the the less lineups you're going to end up with. Um, so it's not perfect. We're planning on making this a lot easier very soon here, but that's the easiest way for now. Um, the one other thing I just, I, I have to mention it is just remember that your, your requirement to do this is much lower on Saversim than any other tool out there because we already get how correlated players are. Right. We have a baseline understanding of the correlations between players. So you're going to not, you're not going to just get as much random one-off wide receivers that don't make sense in the rest of the lineups. Your lineups on average will do a pretty good job of telling a story based on correlations and ownership and upside because the builder gets what those things are. But I know that there are sometimes still people that set, you know, maybe looking at a lineup and think like, hey, I don't want a random Cobb one-off. If I play Cobb, I want to make sure I have Aaron Rodgers or something like that. Um, so, um, it's coming and Patrick makes a good point. The more conditional rules you had to save us in, the longer it will take to build lineups. That is also true. Remember that as well. So, okay, let's keep it going here. And that gets us caught up on discord. Let's hop over to Slack and make sure I've gotten to questions here. I think I've picked off a few, a few of these as we've been going along here, but thank you much, uh, for everybody being patient on these other ones. Jen said in general, what would be a, okay. 
Okay, so Jen, I think we answered this, but I'll cover this real quick again. In general, what would be a stack rule in NFL that kind of corresponds to a five stack rule in MLB? Like, what would you recommend for a large slate? So, what I had up earlier is kind of my default. Something like, and you can you can shift this a little bit based on your own personal like stances here. But if you're just kind of unsure about where to start, I think this is a very safe rule from which to start with. This will, again, build QB plus ones, QB plus twos, QB plus threes with an optional other one run back on the lineup. And I think this is kind of your your NFL DFS stacking starter pack for most main slates. Um, I think some people will say, some people will do different things. There will be some that say that they want only one to two. Um, I think there will also be people that say they always want two and they don't want to include running backs, right? I think in general, I prefer to set a baseline stacking rule that gives you flexibility and optionality while still putting a good rule in place, right? Like I think getting too specific on this is similar to saying always five, three instead of always five, which at least allows some optionality. So uh, Patrick asked about support for live golf, uh, maybe in, in the future, Um I think honestly, if you want it to be, I think what my honest idea here is, is that um, we'll probably spend a bit of time on the golf product leading up to the start of next year's major season. So like the players and the masters and things like that. Um, and I think within that, provided that live golf and live golf DFS is kind of alive and kicking, um, then I could see us spinning up some support for live golf if if the contests are still big. Um, it is not the, the, the short answer is it is not like a priority golf season for us right now. Um, NFL is at the forefront. NBA is coming in right behind. Um, I think quickly NBA will be our number one priority here as a team. Um, I think NHL will hopefully get some love in there as well as, uh, hockey comes back around. And then I think by like next spring, we can look and do some golf updates. So, um, but Tyrell said, uh, does the lineups refresh the day after, or can I go back and see if my lineups actually scored? So they will refresh. So like if you came back to a build that you built the previous day, they will update based on the new projections, like after the, the afternoon inactives come out, but your old lineup set will be up here. So like you can see here, right? We have this new lineup set from 108, but I could go back to a lineup set from 12, 20, 29 and go see what the lineups were at that point instead. So same deal for your actual builds. You could go back and see what your actual final pre-lock lineup set was doing that. Francis said, say you're willing to double stack with certain QBs and not willing to go more than a single stack with others. Are there any types or groups or rules that would accomplish this? So there's a couple options. Um, again, I think one thing that would be very easy would be to set the rule that I just described, but then to go into your team stacks and limit things from here. So here, let's turn this off. Uh, here, let's, let's actually just run a quick build. So I have my stacking rule, right? Let's say I'm going to put it in like this, but I know that there's only a few teams that I would actually be willing to play QB plus three. We can build this and then eliminate QB plus threes that don't correspond to those teams after the build. This is typically how I do it. So, um, let me let this build and I'll show you what I mean real quick, but
give this a second. It will take just a tad longer because of that stack rule. So I'm gonna, but I'm gonna let this build because I want I want to show this. So. Um, while this is building, we'll hit a couple quick questions here from Patrick. Uh, will Slack become obsolete and everyone will migrate to Discord? Yes. Uh, that will happen at the end of the week, actually. So we've slowly been um, moving everybody from our Slack over to Discord. Um, if you haven't already done that, there's a link to join the new Discord in the general channel in Slack. Um, on Friday of this week, actually, uh, we will be permanently archiving Slack. I'll put a message up there so people know where to go if they haven't been with us in a while and somehow stumble into Slack. Um, and then in two weeks from now, at the end of the month, we will actually, um, like, I, I think delete the Slack um, or or it won't even be accessible anymore at that point. So um, if there's anything you want to back up from Slack, I know some people have saved messages and things like that. Um, you can do that before the end of the before the end of the week is probably the best idea. Okay, so now we let's do this. So now you're like, we're looking at um, our QB plus four. Or wait, sorry. QB plus three is equivalent to a four stack here. So now we can go through and say, okay, there's only teams that I want. There's only a few specific teams I want to do. I want to play here, right? Um, sometimes it can be useful to use the filters for this as well. So like we can do this and you can see what these lineups actually look like. So maybe I'm okay with KC, but maybe like Minnesota. Like, can a Kirk Cousins really pull off a QB plus three? Thielen, Irv Smith, Justin Jefferson. Eh, maybe not. Maybe I don't want that one. So I can X that one out. Right. Uh, Justin Herbert, I think, could make that stack type work. I think Kyler Murray can make that stack type work. Mitch Trubisky, I don't even know if I really need to see it. I'll skip that. Uh, Derek Carr this year, I think with how many weapons the Raiders have, I, I could, like, probably see... Uh, I was I was actually just going to say an Adams, Renfro, and Waller stack making sense. Um, so I would probably keep that in there. Joe Burrow, um, maybe. Higgins, Boyd, Chase. And maybe I decide no on that one. Um, so I would eliminate that there. And now I know that of my QB plus threes, they're always going to have a team that I think can make it work. Um, the one other option here, if you know this information ahead of time, is you could set this in the team stack section here. So you could do team stacks and say max players from whatever teams, Minnesota, to three and set that ahead of time. But I think most of the time for me, I feel like I can just get that done in the post-build process with no issues. And I think it's easier. So. Um, okay. Cool. Uh, Clint says, um, can you do a cash head to head build in the last hour before lock? The lineup changed dramatically after an update, then maybe 15 minutes before lock, it went back to the earlier one. So this Clint, this was just an issue we had with one particular game sim. Um, we had it for, I would say maybe 30 seconds max. We had a, a bad sim for the Colts and Texans game up on Sunday that we immediately reverted. So that's probably what happened is you probably just happened to build right when that bad data was up. Most of the time, the cash optimal is not going to be dramatically changing in the final hour before lock, uh, unless there is an inactives report that comes out that completely changes the slate context. But um, my, if I, I, I didn't play 
cash this weekend. Um, I'm not the biggest cash fan, but my cash lineup building process would basically just like look like this. Um, and I don't even know, probably like this, right? Zero, zero, zero sliders. Just give me the optimal. So, yeah. And I, the reason I know that that's what happened is because it said you had three to four Colts and a Texan. We just had one, we had one SIM. Again, it was up for maybe 30 seconds um, where the projections on this game were all out of whack. So. Um, Jordan says, would you guys ever have the option to see game log history when you click on players' names? Maybe down the road. People have asked for this before. Um, the short answer is that we feel like there are a lot of other sites that have this and like even just like football reference and do a pretty good job of that. And um, it's not something very high on the priority list for us right now while, we, while we're still focused on building just great lineup building features. So, um, but potentially in the future. Patrick says, I've noticed the sliders don't change when you're building for showdown unless you go lower in the entry field. Sim precision is always at 10 uh, for a large field. Yeah, so it's always 0, 0, 10. Uh, and the point of that is basically, what it's basically saying is you need the optimal to win most of these contests or very, very close. And you might as well use individual single sim optimals regardless of contest type. Um, I use 0, 0, 10 for every NFL showdown contest I play, every GBP, that is. Um, so, and I will build, I think I have 300 lineups tonight. I will probably play 300 unique lineups and build them all at 0, 0, 10. So, um, yeah, I, I, I would say of all the things that you can do to make adjustments in NFL showdown, the last thing I would mess with is the sliders. Patrick said it. So it's the same thing like NASCAR. Yeah. Very similar to NASCAR. I think NASCAR has a better argument to turn down sim precision a little bit. I think that's something actually we'll we'll probably take a look at prior to like maybe maybe pre Daytona next year um, because I think there is a case to be made that Sim Precision nine or or even eight might be a little bit better uh, for NASCAR for something like Daytona when they have like those massive millimaker sized contests. I think maybe you do still need to use Sim Precision ten, um, but I I, th I think just anecdotally based on my NASCAR lineups, I feel like maybe a little bit of, like just a tad lower sim precision feels like it's a little bit better, but um, for NFL showdown, I really like the zero zero ten. So um, Brian says, is there a plan to run multiple simulations at the same time to account for multiple contest types? Uh, so that's an interesting question. So basically like right now, if you're playing a big contest portfolio of all these different contests, typically what I always tell people to do is to just build all your lineups together, right? Just pick, just pick a midpoint set of sliders, something like this maybe, and just build everything all in one. Um, and the question is basically saying, is there going to be a way in the future to say, Hey, I'm playing, you know, three lineups that are like this and I'm playing 300 lineups that are like this. And can you build all of the, can we kick off all of these builds all at once? Um, so, let me say, first off, um, this was something that we were, we probably still are going to do, uh, and we're, we're going to do more urgently, uh, before our most recent slider backtesting project, where we basically found that the, the contest characteristics are less impactful on the optimal sliders than we thought. 
So in other words, like the newer sliders shift less as contests change than they used to, because we found that contest size and entry limit have less of an impact on where the slider should be than we expected. Because of that, it kind of deprioritized this on our list of things that we want to implement because I think the, the value add there is smaller than we expected. Uh, but in the future, I do still see us adding that at some point um, because there are still big drop-offs, right? Like the, the difference between a 150 max of 50K is at the end of the day still different than a 500 person single entry. So it would be our goal to do that in the future. Um, Patrick says that's the same thing as doing late swap. Yeah, so the, the idea would would be the same there is that you could basically say, you know, yes, I want to late swap all of these builds, right? But I want to do it differently for every contest I'm in and kick off all those builds all at one time. So yeah, it would, would kind of be the same thing there. So, um, cool. Um, sweet. I think we've gotten through all of the questions for today here. Um, Rogue, I think what we'll do for your slate review is maybe we'll uh, put a pin in that and do that on tomorrow's stream, uh, because I do have uh, a hard out here coming up in the next couple minutes for me here today. So uh, final thoughts before we get out of here. Uh, one, again, congratulations to everybody. Um, all the winners for this week's weekly max challenge expect an email uh, to drop into your inbox before the end of the day, giving you more information on when you can expect your prizes. Um, keep playing. Remember that there are guaranteed prizes every single week. Uh, that is the point of those guaranteed prizes um, or for participating for every single week. So uh, don't forget to keep playing in the weekly max challenge. If you missed week one, come back for week two. Um, and good luck in the Monday night football showdown tonight. Um, should be an interesting game. Uh, I think I'll tell you what the real quickly, um, people always ask me like, how do you add value to showdown? Uh, I think there's, I think you can find ways to get unique in games that have high totals and close spreads, but I think these are the games, uh, that you really can find some ways to get unique. Um, I will be very interested to see how frequently used uh, the big Seahawks playmakers are at captain, right? If Geno Smith and Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are all some of the highest owned captains, then maybe you don't go this direction. But if these guys are lower owned, I think there's, I have a lot of interest in Seattle playmaking captains tonight. I also have a lot of interest in overweight Seattle builds if they're going to be lower owned. Uh, so we'll see, uh, these, I think these can be, even if it's, uh, not as fun of a game to watch on average, I think they can be sometimes a little bit more of an exploitable game environment, but who knows? I don't know. I mean, I just did a quick sort of our ownership and it looks like we think Gino and Lockett and Metcalf are all going to be in the top five of captain ownership. So that's not what I was expecting to see. Um, honestly, maybe, maybe the key to the slate is actually just to not make it too hard on yourself and just play like a 6% owned captain, Jerry Judy or Javante Williams, because apparently nobody wants to play them. I don't know. That's, this isn't what I expected to see, but anyway, I got to run, uh, enjoy the game tonight. Enjoy the slate. If you're playing DFS tonight, I will be right back again tomorrow, two o'clock Eastern. Uh, and in the meantime, see ya.